This week, we're setting the popcorn time machine back to May 19th, 1989, pouring ourselves a black coffee and chilling out. Step on in as we head to the double deuce where the beer is half off, (laughs) just like the clothes on all the women in this movie. We're going to kick, punch, and rip throats through this episode, but don't forget the rules. Be nice. Back again, ready to rewatch, rewind, and react to our favorite 80s and 90s movies. We are Popcorn Time Machine. If you are just kind of finding us, go figure out where we can find us on our socials, Instagram. You can search Popcorn Time Machine Pod and head over to our YouTube page at Popcorn Time Machine Podcast as well. Of course, this time machine is pretty heavy lifting. I can't do this all by myself. So we have the entire cast and crew alongside with me today. We have Sil, Kevin, Jimmy, and Diaz. How's everybody doing? Oh, we're doing good today. Oh, we're gonna, fantastic. We're going to try not to eat the big white mint. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah, not I'll eat that, the big I'll white mint. That one. Man. This place has a sign hanging over the urinal that says, don't eat the big white mint. As you that heard in our good. introduction, we are discussing the 1989 movie Roadhouse, directed Roadhouse. by Rowdy Harrington. This is where the, the bouncer... Dalton, who is known as the Cooler, played by Patrick Swayze, is hired to clean up the baddest honky-tonk in a Missouri town. Armed with a black belt in karate and a PhD in philosophy. What a what a combo right there. Swayze sets out to man. tame the double deuce. Uh, this is also starring Kelly Lynch as Doc. And I'm just glad that they gave her a full name. Not. <laughs> hey, this great. is our, it's our third movie with a uh, second movie with a Doc character. Right. <laughs> We have the great Samuel Elliott as Wade Garrett. We got Ben Gazzara as Brad Wesley, and then a whole hodgepodge of bouncers, karate masters, and unruly bar patrons, and just an endless amount of topless women. So now let's take out the trash. You are the bouncers. I am the cooler. All you have to do is watch my back and each other's. Take out the trash. Let's do it. So we're going to start off this week with our segment of Real Talk. This, I mean, real talk, so funny, right? R e e l, haha, but don't. We're just gonna shoot the shit on the movie. We're gonna go through this thing and just talk about it, have some fun with it. What do we like? What didn't we like? We'll walk through this whole thing, and then once we finish up there, we're gonna sort of get into our categories, so to speak. So it's sort of just open platform. We can kind of go scene by scene. We can just do moments. But I just thought that just from starting this movie, was this the longest? title card sequence anybody else has seen because i feel like the titles and the cast and crew were going for like 20 minutes on this thing yeah yes it was bro i, I meant I, I thought about that myself i was like dude when are they gonna say director directed by <laughs> they they did it's, feed it to you pretty slow this was uh very a very drawn out but it while doing so this thing gave us a lot to unpack in that first 20 to 30 minutes because you get him being picked up in new york you get the whole first double deuce appearance and i mean this thing i never got a reason for the double deuce the title of the bar but i gave it my own because apparently nobody gave two shits about this place before dalton came around (laughs) that's that's kind of what i had to piece together on my own end because there was really no frame of reference as to why this place nobody gave two shits there Nobody gave two it's, shits. You know, I love it because the first 10 minutes of the movie, I'll let you know how ridiculous it's going to be. He got stabbed and didn't even make a face. Even, yeah, he, got, he has powers. <laughs> this man, he got sliced and was like, 
Nothing. You learn later. He's like, oh, pain don't yeah, hurt. True. I'm like, what What hurts then? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tell me what hurts. Pain does not hurt me. But yeah, you got Swayze just rocking the ultimate 90s mom gym teacher haircut. That It's like that meme that goes around where it's like every 90s mom watching per, open the present while she's just ripping a cigarette, drinking yep. a coffee, the old New York breakfast. Yep. <laughs> but my biggest thing was like, what is a cooler? That's not a term I've, you know, like, what is he? Is he, he's not just a bouncer. He controls the staff. He does inventory at one point. He's working on, like, it, he's right, just a bar manager. I think I he says something like, you're the bouncers or whatever, and I'm the cooler. Yeah. 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 Well, it, it's, a, it's a cross between him being just cool, yeah. or he's trying to cool everything down. He's it trying to keep things cool. But diffuses other, the situation. Other than in this movie, I don't think I've ever heard that term used. I was about to, Kev, I was going to ask you because we're the older ones here. Like, I'm not no, the I youngest think, guy in the block, but I'm not that old. If but, that's like an, if it was an industry term, like, I don't know anybody that was in that that field. It's like, I'm about to say, I've never heard of that. I was going to ask you if you ever heard, heard of it. I know lots so, of people that were, that were so doormen or bouncers. Look, I was able to look it up. It is a, it is a bouncer. Of course you term. did. Of course you, of course you <laughs> did. In US, in US bars, a cooler is often for the term of the head bouncer. All right, oh, fellas, uh, let's, br- let's bring that shit back. The cooler is expected to have the same ability to respond to physical situations as the rest of the bouncers, but should also have reliable interpersonal skills that can be used to de-escalate situations without violence. judo. But my thing with that, too, is like he clearly is doing more than that in this movie. He's firing staff. He's hiring staff. He's figuring out inventory problems. Yeah. Well, he's, the, uh, it, he I, makes you feel like Gordon Ramsay just stepped in into the double deuce and he's like, I'm going to fix it. He's just standing there like. It's raw, you know? Like, What's his name? John Taffer? Yeah, John Taff. Yeah, he's a, John Taffer. He's a shape John Taff. But like yeah. the funny thing is, is like, you know, when he's explaining to the staff, just be nice. And then like a scene later, he's just beating the shit out of everybody. <laughs> like right <laughs> hey, off the bat. Like he, does, he doesn't he does. de-escalate. He literally de-escalates nothing. <laughs> he, does, he tells you to be nice until I tell you not to be nice. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, like, it's how will we know when to not be nice? You won't yeah. know. I'll tell yeah. you. I'll tell yeah. you. Yeah. Well, uh, how are we supposed to know when that is? You won't. I'll let you know. He gives just, the nod. You just, you just yeah. cover my back, I'll cover yours, and you just take out the trash. Yep. Yep. It is definitely the most intensive bar rescue ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> because that was, that was one of my other things, too, is, you know, this is 89. Um, just assuming. I don't think it's mentioned, so I'm, I'm assuming it's present day for when it was released. But... How does everybody across the country know this know guy? This guy. Yeah. Well, he like, has to be John Taffer he, level, right? And how is he like? It doesn't even explain how he's friends with the the blind singer. They're just yeah. he just no, knows. Well, like, they know. Yeah, they to... they lay out this premise, which I don't think is real. Where there's like this network, <laughs> like it's this it's this it's this network of well known, well connected. Maybe there's a union, the Cooler Union, and they're all members and they all know each other. And he's like, oh yeah. Oh, Garrett and Dalton and the guy who's the the singer is like he's been in this network of dive bars and they all they're all this this connected. I mean, did I miss something? Does it ever explain that how he's just no, he just no. walks right no. up to the blind guy like they've known each other for years and it just oh, I thought it was, was it his brother? Is it a like? Did, I don't no, know. They, they, I know they work like, together at other bars because like yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah so I Cody, mean, the, char- the character Cody says to him, he's like, "Oh, Dalton, this is this place is worse than some of the other ones we worked in." So he knows him from working okay. places. He's like, "This place is worse than all of them." It's like yeah. they sweep up the what? eyeballs at the end of the night here, and 
Why are you still there? They swept his eyeball. <laughs> Why is the singer still there if it's the worst one? They're throwing well, beer bottles at him. He's behind the page. Yeah. Did, so that opening know, scene kind of sets the premise for how kind of comical it's going to be without being saying it's a comedy. The bar <laughs> is in total chaos. I mean, if this was the real average night, okay, yeah, so every night there's a huge melee. The, the waitresses get beat up. They smash the band with stuff. They wreck the place. There's thousands of dollars every night in damage, and then we just clean it up. We ice, ice ourselves down, and then we come back tomorrow night. Yep. That was a good Monday. See you tomorrow. Like, yeah, <laughs> the funny thing is, yeah, they caused us like thousands of dollars in damage, but Patrick Swayze, Dalton's worried about the bartender skimming off by like taking a couple, you know, bucks out of the yeah. register, like, like if I, if serving I was, free beers. If I would have been hired to be the cooler and save this bar, my first move, plastic drinkware. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we still serving bottles here? Paper <laughs> plates. Cans. Cans and plastic bottles. Can John oh. Tapper save this bar? I don't think he could, but back to back to the band too. It took me a while to figure out he was blind because he was still making <laughs> eye contact. Like he was <laughs> matching eye contact. And I'm like, I know from like a filmmaking standpoint, you want that. He, but he's it really blind. made me he's not truly blind. He's, Jeff Healy yeah, was he a blind musician. Yeah. No, yeah. D- yeah. But I didn't know that. I was just like, oh, it's like, I was like, oh, he's playing the guitar a little bit. You know, I didn't really think anything of it. And then he tr- goes to show he's just trying to creep up and scare the poor guy. I mean, I know he, I know his buddies with him, but, you know, he's telling the other bandmates like, shh, shh, I'm coming around. I'm coming around. I, I mean, thought I you'd be bigger. <laughs> I know we find out throughout the movie that, you know, Brad Wesley has everyone on his payroll and stuff, but. As I first, I, as I'm sitting here watching it for the first time, I'm thinking, why aren't the police involved? Why isn't everyone calling the cops? Like, no, they're not <laughs> the cops. He owns the cops, man. Well, like it, nobody. Haven't you right. seen? No, I, I found small, that out later. Every but. small town plot in every movie that, that yeah. the bad guys have got the sheriff in their pocket. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, another little fun part that I really liked in this, like you know, first twenty to thirty minutes was the 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 great for a great buck turned into for a great Buick. This guy can go to New York, hire the top cooler because he is, because everybody knows him, but he can't afford a bucket of paint to just paint over this stuff. 500 a night or something he asked for, right? Or something. So he just can't, I just, I I don't know. That's just small. All all movies. I mean, I don't know. I don't think old studios could afford to recreate New York or Miami or LA that often. They'd rather spend the money on big trucks and $25,000 explosions because and, yeah. and and say you know what let's just pick a fucking jasper missouri that's the town that yep. we're going to replicate and build this shit yeah they don't have there's nothing there's no references you don't have to nothing they have to, nothing they just need a road and a bunch of stands and so this well, guy that's another stand. thing so, so you made a good point it's in jasper missouri so in jasper missouri someone was on at the bar and they said you know who you should hire to fix this dalton I know. I they, he, they went. They talked to people in the network, the cooler oh. network, and they said, "Hey, who's the guy?" And they're like, "Well, Wade Garrett's getting on in years, so really, you want his protege? You want Dalton?" The name is Dalton. And then, like a, a quick turnaround, like like Sil said, five hundred a day. I'm not a math whiz by any means, but five hundred a day now is good money. Yeah. Like, who pays I just, I just for inflation? 
Yeah, right. exactly. It's all yeah, right. And then, and then, and then, so five hundred a day, and then he offers that poor farmer a hundred dollars a month for that huge apartment. <laughs> oh, that's oh, wow. right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. This guy built above his barn a beautiful, large farmhouse style apartment, big, spacious with all the stuff. What's the farmer living in? He'd be like, I'm moving into the apartment over the cows, yeah. man. Like, it's a lake view. <laughs> can you? I'll give you a hundred. What like, are the what? odds? Right what? across from <laughs> dirtbag, dirtbag move from dirtbag Dalton. I know Kevin will understand this reference a little bit, and I'll, I'll sort of explain it before and to everybody else too. But the fact that everybody was instantly talking about Dalton and knew him, they all had these rumors and whispers of how he he killed a guy and you know he ripped a man's throat out. This is kind of it's reminiscent to me like the the documentary The Staircase with Michael Pearson or Michael Peterson. Where it's like this guy, this author, famous author, he had two wives, both end up dead at the bottom of a staircase, but got off on both of them. Like it was what, the owl you know, that did it. So now you have Dalton who's getting away with murder by ripping out a man's throat twice now. And it's just like, well, it was self-defense. It just, it's just such a ridiculous concept of like getting away with just bizarre situations that, you know, if it happens once, maybe you can kind of throw it away and chalk it up as, you know, a random act or whatever. But to repeat the exact murder method twice and get out of it. All right. That woman sure. didn't tell you she was married. And when a man sticks a gun in your face, you got two choices. You can die or you can kill the motherfucker. You slept <laughs> with his wife. He's going to try to kill you. It's yeah. his wife. <laughs> And not just kill him, it's the throat, it's the throat kill. The rip, the ripping of a man's throat out, which, is it physically possible? Do we think this is physically possible to rip a throat out? You gotta ask Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> windpipe extraction. Yeah, I don't know. I had another question that maybe Kevin can't answer, since this was more more your time. Because of this movie and probably the Karate Kid movies, how many kids got their ass kicked thinking that they knew karate? Everybody went to school thinking they were cooler. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, everyone's sitting back, picking on the big guy, go for the yeah. knees. The kid how did that turn out for everybody? Night. He's got his ass beat, and his dad's like, what the hell happened? He's like, I don't know. I followed the three rules. I yeah. expected the unexpected. <laughs> I didn't fight inside the school. I took it outside. I feel like this movie probably played a part in a lot of black eyes and broken bones back in the eighties, early nineties. You know what's funny though? It's there's no, not a, listen, being ethnic, where the hell was any ethnicity in this whole movie? Ernie, the David, he was the bartender. You are in Jasper, Missouri. That's Ernie. Jasper, Missouri. It should be. A couple more black people in Missouri. It's got to be. But again, 80s, 90s movies, you know it's not going to happen. Overall, like talking real talk, there's there's something that gets quoted in a lot of reviews and people talk about this movie. And I think it's true. Everybody seems to come back to the same phrase. It's so bad, it's good. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what created this big cult following. You know, this wasn't successful. This wasn't a box office hit. This didn't get the best reviews, and today it's still it still kind of stands the test of time because of that campiness, that that really just weird 
love of bad action, not great acting, because a lot of these actors, so all the actors in this movie did their own stunts. So some of them were hired as more stuntmen turned actor versus actor yeah. turned stuntman. So that's why it's kind of just like not the best fighting sequences. They had great choreography behind the scenes and a great, you know, well, I think on set ambassador the director, of, um, of actually want the fight scenes to be almost slightly comical, I think. And if that's what he wanted, he got it. That's no, for that sure. was that was a win. It's, yeah, yeah, I think he. I think this. I think I read that he wanted it to be a little bit like Keystone Cops, almost like comedy fights, which they 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 border right on the middle of like oh a real fight versus bizarre, you know. Yeah, right, that's I, why I, I I was thinking like I'm trying to think. I couldn't answer this question to myself. Are the fight scenes really terrible or really good? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if there is an answer for that question. Well, when you the, when you think but the director said that he uh he he liked he liked the comical the comical part of the fight scenes. Like he was purposely doing it like making it look silly. And because it's true, you get the same feeling like you wanted to be a good punch, but you all you get is sound effect and you're like was that mm. was that it? Yeah. <laughs> They, uh, <laughs> well, I think this is one of those movies, and this Sorry, happened. Boys. A, this happened to a bunch of movies around this time. Is that if you remember, cable TV was just coming coming to become popular, and there was new cable networks, and they were new networks, new channels, and they had to have twenty four hours of programming. So a lot of these movies that didn't do so well, they bought licensing for like all of these not really B movies, but movies that might have been more affordable. And played them a lot. So some of these movies became cult classics, like the Christmas Story movie. That became that was a did terribly when it was released, right? For years. And then some cable networks put it on 24-hour rotation. Again, cable networks were just coming around and like, hey, we got all this time we have to fill. They buy a library of certain movies that are fairly cheap and they run them over and over. And and it, it then they, they get people get hooked on them because every time you turn the TV on, you'd get, as they say, Shawshank. And it's like, oh, Roadhouse. Oh, well, next thing you know, you're an hour into it. But yeah, I mean, as we, as you kind of both mentioned, this really wasn't a huge success in it. it the reviews vary on this thing. I, it's just funny how things like that happen. Yeah. I think it goes, uh, it goes with what, what, what Kevin said. The, it sucked so bad. It was so bad. It was awesome. But there's, there, I, it's like, it's, there's so many movies in that category that are so great. And after watching this, I'm regretting, I just watched this for the first time recently and it upset me because this is right down my wheelhouse. I love horrible action, karate, gun blowing up, random stuff. I love – this is just shitty goodness. That's all I can think of. So fight scenes, decent music, and Sam Elliott. Yeah. You can't go wrong. You can't beat him with that. But yeah, still, I think you had some some reviews to go through because this is – like we said, this is such a, a wide variety and I'm curious – uh, what the difference is, because I think we're going to do on this program, we're going to stick with Rotten Tomatoes. It might not be the most accurate, but I like that it gives a good difference between it shows the critics and the audience, which I think is always fun because there's some movies that are critically acclaimed that the audience just doesn't like and vice versa, which I think might be the case with this movie. I'm not too sure where it's going to land on that because I didn't look up ahead of time because I wanted to be a little surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you're always surprised when you... Go to that Rotten Tomato. At least I, I never, I can never guess right. I can never rate right. But you know, I, I'm just a mortal. That's why critics are out there. But so this movie stands in the tomato meter, if that's how you say, at a 41. percent Yeah, Ooh. baby. 
41 percentile. That's better what I thought. I thought it was like 30s. So that's much better than a 41 percent. I mean, critics are critics. I mean, and, and I think it all bases on uh, on what we've mentioned earlier. The fact that this movie is like like it's kind of like pain a little bit of a pain to watch it but you kind of enjoy it and you still watch it the whole you still watch the whole movie let's see reviews wise i have this is a pretty negative quote unquote well, it's, <laughs> not, it's pretty negative roadhouse is a cinematic <laughs> catastrophe masquerading as an action thriller Directed by the aptly named Rowdy Harrington, this film is a mishmash of nonsensical plotliness, one-dimensional characters, and physics-defined fight scenes. Patrick Swayze stars a Dalton, a bouncer with all the charisma of a soggy napkin, <laughs> tasked with cleaning up a bar in the middle of nowhere, his love yes. interest, Doc, and a cartoonishly evil villain, Brat Wesley. Uh, a little to, of, to the absurdity but the real crime of the roadhouse is a complete disregard for logic and reason <laughs> from gravity defined bar fights to Dalton's magical healing abilities the film stretches believability to the breaking point I want to see it again like I, now you just made me want to see the movie again like that this uh, right now let's put it on like you know, let's, let's let's watch it side by side with the podcast that review it's exactly what Kev was talking about. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you love it? Love it. But then the audience score gets a 67%. There's not so okay. Loved it. Yeah, yeah it's good. we're getting there. Not bad. Yeah, no, it's good. And uh, for a good positive review, you know, it's a classical adrenaline rush that's captivated audiences since its release. Obviously, I'm going to read this, this one in a different tone because it's not as fun. So this cool favorite starts Patrick Swayze as Dalton, legendary bouncer, magnetic performance alongside standout roles from Kelly Lynch and Ben Gazzard. I don't think he had a great role. Ben was all right. It creates a dynamic ensemble and keeps viewers engaged throughout. You know, what thoroughly sets Roadhouse apart is the pulse-pounding action sequences from intense barroom brawls to high-stakes showdowns. The director Harrington delivers accelerating moments that leave a lasting impact. Definitely a quite a, uh, a range on the spectrum for those two reviews right there. <laughs> Both pointing out the action sequences. One as comical and one as uh, just pure amazement. So it's I mean, yeah, but talk, talking about like the fights whether they're great or ridiculous. That's the movie, right? Like, yeah. Take, take, Why let's can't say it be you cut, you Say you cut all the fight scenes out of this movie. It, it's it's a non-watcher. There's nothing there. There's oh there's whoa little, whoa. Little, little, there's a little bit there's of a love a, story. A little bit of the protagonist guy, mean guy, takes over town. But I mean, if you take, I mean, if you would gut the movie if the, if you cut the fight scenes out true. or down, right? There's a oh. lot of, you know, a lot of ten dollar booby kisses. Tell you what, for twenty bucks, you can kiss him. Are you kidding? Get a kiss. Here and now. Go ahead. Do it. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, we wow. Put a, yeah. I should have I put a counter on it. A, a, a counter on how many fights and take a and shot. How every, and how many No, no, no. Take a shot every time Patrick Tracy smokes a cigarette. <laughs> or gets stabbed. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> every time they say his name, that's it. Drunk. <laughs> Drunk. Dalton. 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 The name is. You got Dalton. a name? Yeah. <laughs> Dalton. 
Well, what is it? <laughs> yeah, but this you movie were- moves right along. This is the next <clears throat> scene that I really just talking about fight scenes and stuff like that. The the intro of that real Dalton laying down the hammer and committing to the decision to fire Pat, the guy that was skimming where he's in the office with the other guys that work for Wesley. And he's like, no, I don't think I need to explain more. He's like, no, I think you do. And they, a huge fight ensues because Pat pulls out the biggest knife I've ever seen. The Rambo knife. That was the Rambo knife. (laughs) And goes to town towards Dalton and starts to fight towards him. And again, getting punched through the upstairs window. You got, Oh, what was the, uh, what's the little, oh, Tinker, the big old fat guy that's like, shouldn't be in any fight ever because he's going to be tired after 15 that, seconds. He was my favorite character of the movie. Favorite Tinker. character oh, of the movie, a, Tinker. There's a lot to discuss on Tinker, that's for sure. But <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that little scene. Not enough screen time. Not enough screen time. Yeah, yeah time. absolutely. No. Absolutely. Even though he took most of the screen when he... You know what's yeah. funny? <laughs> you said something, Sliv, about, about the... The director, whose name's Rowdy, right? Rowdy yeah. something. That made me think, because there's a wrestler. There's Terry Funk's in this, the wrestler. This, honestly, seems like it could have been the first WWF movie at the time. Like This seems like it could have been done by them. Yeah, I mean, right. you, it, when it comes to recasting, which we'll get to later, we could have done a whole recasting of just wrestlers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, while we're on the cast and the crew and stuff like that, I mean, this did a, a good <clears throat> job. I mean... You know, Jimmy will know more than my myself because he's he's Mr. IMDb. But you know, Swayze had this is kind of in the middle of his run, his his claim to fame run of you know Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse, Ghost, which was you know critically acclaimed and stuff like that. But to, you know, Red to bring Dawn. in <laughs> yeah, to bring in Sam Elliott too was just just awesome. That's it's. It was weird seeing him here. This was the first time. I feel like he doesn't age, but this was the youngest I've ever seen him look. <laughs> oh, Sam Elliott? Yeah. So a lot, So to that point, talking about like recasting this, I was talking to my wife about how we do recasting, and she said, I think Sam Elliott could play Sam Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> that is valid, 100%. It's, it's, it's crazy to, to me. It's crazy because – Literally, think about the premise of this movie. We're going to do an American fighting movie in a bar in Missouri. And the two actors that come to mind for a karate flick are Patrick Swayze and Sam Elliott. This and Sam Elliott's an interesting character, too, because before he got into acting, you know, he didn't want to. He hated Westerns. And now that's just kind of like he's synonymous with Westerns oh, at this point. He's just Tombstone sealed his fate for that then. Yep. Yeah. And he kind of <laughs> continues that character. Movie. You know, even in like, you know, the Big Lebowski, he's sort of got that rough and gruff style Western feel. He's, he's in the Netflix series, The, the Ranch. Lebowski. And it's, Ben Gazzara was in the Big Lebowski as well. Yep. Mm, yes. Yeah. He was like the, Maybe. the, the porn mogul or something. <laughs> Maybe a future future movie that'll get zapped into the time machine. So right after that little fight we were talking about, this is the first time we're sort of introduced to the doc in the doctor office. I did have a little note on that is why was there just an old guy walking around with piss? I know that happens in hospitals, but we could have told it was a hospital without that. They wanted realism. They wanted you to right. feel the hospital ER. They wanted you to feel like, like, is that- my, take, my take was immediately was like, okay, did they really 
did they really have to make this look like the hot nurse from every cheap porn movie that's ever been made about <laughs> nurses? She, that's exactly the character she played. Yeah, pretty in much. That scene, in that scene anyways. Jimmy, do you have more info on the the doc character? Because I really don't know too much about her background. Uh, yes. Kelly Lynch. Kelly Lynch. Uh, I looked up, I looked her up because <clears throat> she didn't look too familiar, but um, she's been in a few movies. I remember her being Vivian Wood in Charlie's Angels, and she had actually a pretty sweet fight scene. She was like Sam Rockwell's character's like number two or, you know, like second in command. Uh, she was in, t- she was in cocktail with Tom Cruise. Classic 19. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that. And yeah. to round it all off, she was in 1997's classic Mr. Magoo with Leslie. <laughs> <Hogan>. <laughs> like, that's dude. That's really those. I'm not, I, was, I can't, I can't even comment. I'm, I, got I was nothing. going through the filmography and I was like, there's, Nothing here <laughs> except for Mr. Magoo, Cocktail, and 2000's Charlie's Angels. And like there to piggyback, like Sam Elliott, you know, he's he's kind of had, you know, I thought he he was more television. He was in a lot of shows throughout his career. But yes, he was in Tombstone, obviously. Um, he was in the Quick and the Dead uh, series. You know, Big Lebowski, was, obviously, is like he Tyler. Was he, was he Cher's husband in Mask? Yes, yeah. He was in Mask with... Uh, oh he God. was in Mask. He was. I think he was the boyfriend or husband or something. Yeah. Right? Yep, you're right. God. Eric Stone, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. right. Right. Is, yep. Back is that to his the name? No. Had, is that yeah, a, well, what's his name? We talked about him no, in Back to the Eric Stoltz. Sorry, Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz is the actor, Stoltz, yeah. Who was going to play Marty. Um, Gettysburg. You know, one of the greatest Civil War movies, if not greatest, one of the greatest um, war movies of all time. Uh, and he's kind of had like a like a huge resurgence back with television. You know, he's uh, Yellowstone, 1883. He's been on that. That's been huge. Uh, you know, like Nick said, The Ranch, that was a good one. Um, and then obviously Swayze, Dirty Dance. I mean, there's not really much. The oh, Outsiders, which is a great, forget, my favorite don't forget, Point Break. Don't forget, I was going to say, there you go. One of my favorite Point movies, my favorite. Point Break. One of his most underrated roles. And it, like we were talking before, it kind of comes full circles. Donnie Darko, where now Jake Gyllenhaal is playing, you know, like the Dalton or the cooler character in the new remake. So I thought that was cool. <clears throat> and then we have Ben Gazzara, another one that was, I don't really know too much about. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't big Lebowski. He was also like, in a movie Capone in the seventies, Voyage of the Damned. Kevin, T- Ooh, Kevin Teig. I believe the guy who owns the bar, um, who hires Dalton. He's one of those familiar. I've seen him everywhere. He's one of those character actors. He, he was the guy in a TV series that I watched through the seventies called emergency. Yep. Yep. He He was was uh, also in $6 million man. Yeah, he was in the six dollar, the six million dollar, six dollar man. You hear me? The six million dollar. <laughs> Inflation. Eating Gilbert Grape, which is a great classic with uh, Don, Johnny Depp and uh, DiCaprio. Early DiCaprio. Um, and then Keith David, who's had a very long and successful career, kind of a character actor as well. He plays Ernie the bartender, a very small role. But Keith David has, you know, was with the thing. It was in the thing with in the the remake. John Carpenter's the thing with. Kurt Russell. He was also Goli- he was he was Goliath in uh, Gargoyles. Yes. Yep. Something about Mary. He plays Cameron Diaz's dad <laughs> when Ben oh, Stiller yeah. wants yep. to take it to prom. Platoon. 
Armageddon. And in his last most recent film, he was a right, uh, very yeah, small he was role. But King? He played the in uncle Platoon, in No. Is that his name? I think the character was King, right? In Platoon? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, he plays uh, the main character's uncle in Nope. I was like, I didn't even know that movie. one. Yeah. Yeah. You remember he gets shot in the head with like that rock in the very oh, beginning yeah. of the movie, you know, yep. and they have to take him. I don't know anything about Roddy Harrington. Rowdy Harrington. He made. Yeah. Uh, most people films, don't, I don't think. Two films Gladiator, 1992, not to be confused not with the good one. Scott's. Uh, and Mert. And Murder of Crows, both Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, led <laughs> movies. And then one of my favorites, this, I immediately in the opening credits when this guy popped up, and this guy is synonymous with 80s action. And I, we all love his films. Joel Silver, mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon, Predator, Predator 2, uh, Lethal Weapon 2, Die Hard, Action Jackson. Like this guy, and you know what's so funny? If you watch all those movies at one point or another, they all have the same like action sequences. It was crazy, like slow motion. Everything blows up. And one of my favorite things about his movies, especially in Lethal Weapon, this, Die Hard, it's always like the big bad is always some like middle-aged guy. You know, you <laughs> have general, you got general McAllister reading, uh, you know, leading shadow company, pushing heroin in Lethal Weapon. You got the South African dudes in uh, Lethal Weapon 2. You got Hans Gruber, Die Hard. They're all middle-aged, not super not intimidating at all i mean they're powerful they have the money you know but i mean joel silver's had an awesome career and it those are just some of my favorites obviously it expands further than that in the 90s and even 2000s and stuff but yeah that's a little little cast and crew info the the actress who plays denise who's what wesley's wife Mm. was also in point break with patrick Mm. swayze Nice. Right. One, one of the fun little tidbits that I, I found on the internet, Kelly Lynch in real life, she married, I think he's a, a screenwriter, Mitch Glazer. He's friends in real life with Bill Murray and Bill Murray being the comical asshole friend. Every time Roadhouse is on TV and the sex scenes pop up, he calls her husband, Mitch, and reminds him that they're on TV and how awkward they are. Oh, <laughs> that's fantastic. It's like, hey, your wife's naked on TV again. Check it out. Channel 7. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Click. <laughs> and another little thing I saw was that these characters, a lot of them were named after you know famous Western characters. Mm. You had Wade Garrett, who was... And I don't know how true these are or not, but maybe it's coincidence. Maybe it's not. I, I like to to think that it's not coincidence. But Wade Garrett was named after Pat Garrett. He's the sheriff who killed Billy the Kid. You know, Doc is obviously a tribute to Doc Holliday. You had Tillman, who was named after this infamous Oklahoma lawman, uh, Bill Tillman. And then you had Brad Wesley, who supposedly was named after this Wild West bandit, John Wesley Harden. So how accurate all that is. How, you know, if it is coincidence or not is, is kind of left up to viewer discretion, but it's, it's, it's for it being set in that style. I don't think it's too far fetched of a, uh, of a concept. So one of the things that I, I think Sam Elliott talked about it in an interview, but it's pretty commonly known is that this movie was over three hours before they edited. So oh, they had wow. to cut a lot out. So there's a yes. lot of scenes that are missing. So and there's the a lot of st- the stuff that made it is the, the best of the best. I guess even in some of the trailers, there's scenes in the trailers that never even made it to the movie. So you mentioned, you know, um, Ernie, the bartender, Keith David. His entire existence in this movie is 
He hands Dalton a coffee. He has one line that says, what is it? Whiskey's running low when, when the, right. Has a scene where he looks at Wade Carrot. You know, he has another scene where he just, they show him looking at Wade and Dalton together. And then he, and then he exits the movie and never seen again. So he's just a bartender. So here's why people say he had a, he had a prominent role in this movie and it all ended up being edited out in the opening credits. It's like fourth in the major credits at the beginning. And so there's like saying, okay, he's a bartender with one line. Why is he? Yeah. Why is he listed there in credits? So their point is they think that he like showed up. I think there was some storyline where he shows up, gets into a fight at the bar and handles himself well. Dalton knows him from somewhere and hires him. And he comes in and the bar. He's in the network. He was in the network. (laughs) Yeah. He's in the cooler network. The cooler union. He obviously got cut. Watch the credits and see how early he's in there. The director's cut. The final's cut. He's he's billed in the opening credits fifth. So Patrick Swayze, Ben Gazzara, Kelly Lynch, and Kevin Ty are before him. And then it's the bartender who has one line. And then it's Kathleen Wilhoyt. Um, and then the actors who played Emmett, Red, Denise, and all of them are lumped in after. And then Sam Elliott. So he's got billing before Sam Elliott. Jesus. So obviously he had some bigger role in this other than the whiskey's low. Not to not to be seen all day. Uh, another one uh, you mentioned that Red, I, I forget his real name, but he was actually at Elvis Presley's bodyguard at one point, and he he's he walked away from that because of Elvis's, you know, overindulgence in drugs. But Elvis was sort of a, a stepping stone and pushed him more towards the acting acting standpoint. Yeah, so that's how we kind of got into Red, this. Red West, and he's <laughs> one of the original members of what's known as the Memphis Mafia. That was. He went to high school with Elvis, I think, and he actually did some songwriting. And yeah, he ended up, I think actually Elvis's father, Vernon, ended up firing him because he was one of the few that was like concerned about Elvis's drug problems and stuff. So I guess I I guess we sort of brought it up. We can we can kind of open it for a quick little discussion here too. length of the movie. What do we think? This movie should have been an hour and a half. Yes, I was floored when I saw it was two hours long. Yes, blown away. (laughs) There's a lot. I feel like. You know, I, I like the the slow makeover of the bar. You know, every time you see it, it's sort of just slightly better than the last time you saw it. I like that, but I feel like there's stages that just could have been skipped. It just and, and I, I didn't go in depth and like cut scenes from it, but you could trim stuff up in this movie. This has I think there's a lot of fat in here. And if this thing was sitting at an hour thirty, hour forty five, it's almost that perfect movie. But that it just when I like you said, Jimmy, when I first put it on, I was like, "There is well, no way this is over uh, two hours." I yes. thought it was going to be like eighty minutes, like, yeah, you know, hour and twenty. I didn't think it was going to make the hour and a half mark. And I <laughs> pressed pause real quick, and I saw there was an hour and fifty-two minutes left. <laughs> and yeah, they said they said the first cut of the movie when they did the initial cut, it was still three hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> Hi Ernie. Hi Ernie. That's Lord of the Rings like extended cut right there. That's Dude. the two. That's the, that's when they had to do the two VHSs at that time. Yeah. They would have released this right. That's Titanic. So the girl that played Carrie is that was it Kathleen Wilhoyt. They said that she had an extreme or a more elaborate storyline, and her thing was all cut out too. Mm. Which kind of makes which kind of makes sense now because there's a scene where so, so she's the she's a waitress. 
she's got that cute scene where she's like, you got a name, you adult. Right. And that's kind of all you hear about her. But there is this weird cut scene where all of a sudden she's on stage singing. Yeah, they don't her. explain that. Well, she shows up now, at Dalton's, knowing that Dalton's she had a, a she had a more prominent role in the whole storyline, and it was cut. They're like, "Oh, sorry, we'll cut all your shit out." But all right, we'll let you keep the singing. You still part. sing, yeah. yeah so no, that explains why that was a weird transition. Because then she sang, and then nothing was brought up after that. It was just over. Yeah, still, yeah. you said the same thing too. She showed up at his house, like she was friends, and she already knew where he lived to hang out with him. Like she got to see his butt. Yeah, she yeah. did. Facts. Was I, I, the only hard. I, stand, I stand corrected. We was all, I the only one who all thought got to the, see his butt? Who thought the bar was called Roadhouse before saying this? And then I was totally confused when the yeah, was I, I had to look up because I had to look up and I was like, Roadhouse, why? And it's like, okay, I get that the term Roadhouse is this older term used to, you know, oh, okay. as a roadside, a roadside bar or restaurant. That's the term. That's what it's from. But again, it's like, not really a term used that often. You know, I just refer to it as a bar no, or a restaurant, no, the, not a roadhouse. The coolers in the network all refer to it as, hey, what roadhouse road are you working at? Yeah, that's, everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, of Come course. On. Silly me. But they did, I did originally think it was because that one of the songs the band was playing was something along the lines, Roadhouse was in the l- lyrics of one of the songs. Well, I think the font of the, it throws you off. The font of Roadhouse is same neon sign style. And then you see the double, they, you're like, uh, Oh, it's the double deuce. Never yeah. mind. Or in, as Sam Elliott says, <laughs> rolls up on his motorcycle, uh, the double douche. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which leads us to another one of my, the, the scenes that I like is the, you know, the physical introduction of, of Wade Garrett and the, the backstage fight that nobody knew was going on. And you had the biggest guy in the world there simply just to smash the inventory. Yeah. For no reason going on and this dude's just chucking boxes. And I guess I can kind of jump into this term too, where there was a thing of Wade. Well, I, I forget what prompted the line, but where he goes, well, I sure ain't going to show you my dick. That's when they're on the, they're on the loading dock and they're smashing. Yep. Well, first he's like, can I buy you guys a drink? And he smashes the bottle. And That's the nice part. Swayze. And then he's in the fight and he's kind of gets on the losing end of things. And then yeah, Wade shows up. Comes in. You got a scrawny guy here working here named Dalton. And he's like out back and he throws his empty smoke pack on the bar and says, Pour me a beer, I'll be back. And then he goes out there. How's it going, Mio? Mind your own business, Dad. You wanna fight, dickless? I sure ain't gonna show you my dick. <laughs> <laughs> one of my one of my favorite lines in the movie is before he rips the the dude's jugular. Now he goes, <laughs> "Oh God, <laughs> I used to fuck guys. You guys, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. <laughs> like, and so I like, that's intimidating. And I I had to do the little 10 second rewind because I was like, the you know, I, I, did, this, I did the but same thing. The best thing part is also in that same scene, Swayze doesn't have a cool line. He goes, "God, you really are an asshole." And then just like. <laughs> This this kind of ties into th- this. I was taking notes on certain things, and this list of notes got a lot longer than I had expected. But there is some serious underlying, like homoerotic tones to this film that I did not expect to be in there. And I have so many lines so that fall many. into this. So like, many. Just, 
like fucking guys in prison. Yeah, well, the, there was one guy in the beginning, and apologies if this list is long because there was a lot more than I had expected. But there was a guy in the beginning who said, "I've always wanted to try you." Yep. Tillman says to Dalton, "I want you." Yeah. Jimmy, obviously, with the line of "I used to fuck guys like you in prison." <laughs> yeah. Terry Funk saying, "I heard you had balls big enough to come in a dump truck." <laughs> you had Brad at one point when he was like petting the guy at his like sex party saying, I love this guy. Isn't he cute? You had both Emmett and Brad just staring at shirtless Dalton while he does his yes. Tai Chi or yoga or whatever. You have straight, Wade Garrett straight stalking, straight stalking him. Like mm. you have Wade Garrett flashing his pubes at the bar in the middle of the day, in the middle of the, do- the diner <laughs> while they're in- pulling it out. You had, when the whole if you're gonna have a pet keep it on a leash term that's when wesley calls for his his little boy buddy jimmy to come out so that's his pet i guess you know obviously in a violent fashion but it doesn't come along that way once you have all these things adding up you had jimmy telling dalton your ass is mine boy and then towards the end when they have that fight scene in the trophy room wesley tells dalton that the only thing this room is missing is your ass yep just (laughs) <laughs> this movie is filtered with just as as masculine as it wanted to be. You know, it's a bar fighting movie with a bunch of naked chicks and all that. There's Dude, a lot talk, of underlying stuff in this movie. Talk about like a big masculine fight fighting movie. The first fight in the movie, it's a guy pushing up a girl. <laughs> Getting in a fight yeah. with the girl. Yeah, like, <laughs> That's the first fight of the movie. The one that sets yeah. the tone. Ah, oh, it's about they're about to get fucking down. Yeah, it's a it was, this guy is pushing that's, off this girl. Oh, you know what's oh, one yeah. of my you know what's one of, sorry, you know what's one of my favorite details and it just comes up. <laughs> just I'm watching the movie simultaneously. <laughs> Progressively, every time every time like the bar closes. His car just gets progressively more fucked up. Like first, <laughs> like, first it's just the tires being slashed. Now there's a stop sign through the window. <laughs> like, stop sign. And then, and the best part is, I'm at the scene. I'm at the scene, and there's the stop sign through the window. And Doctor Clayton just drops them off. Like <laughs> doesn't like. And neither of them like make even notice of it. She's like saying goodbye. She drops him off in the Jeep and he's like, yeah, okay, bye. And he's like just reaching over and he's pulling a stop sign out of his. (laughs) This is usual. And then then he's like, he's standing there like holding the stop sign saying, bye. See you. Yeah. As he's like mesmerized mesmerized by her. Oh, but that's hysterical. I wanted the next scene for like the car to be on fire, you know. (laughs) And he just drives away with it being on fire. (laughs) Well, first of all, nothing in that movie is just on fire. It all explodes. Explodes up. Oh yeah, and it's not like it starts on fire and then one explosion and then like a massive explosion followed by like multiple little explosions right after. This guy is definitely the gasoline hoarder of the town. Uh, There was a little aspect towards the end that this storyline maybe it was snipped a little bit short, like Kevin was mentioning earlier. That stuff got kind of cut. But it didn't really work with me. The whole like towing the line as Dalton being this bad guy, you know, it kind of scared Doc away a little bit. There was a line earlier in the film where he said, like, I want you to leave before you think I'm a bad guy or something along the lines. But it, it, and she referenced something where, you know, who's going to protect the town people from you? And it's like he's not in this to take over the town and be like the new mob boss of Jasper. So that part just kind of was like, I, I didn't really need this whole like 
questioning if Dalton's a good guy or a bad guy. I mean, he he literally ran into a burning building to save a guy. He's there to clean up the bar. He's doing his job. He's not he. Yes, he lives in a very violent world, but he's a good guy. You know, like that whole conflict of interest between the two. It it just seemed like a little forced because he's not the bad guy for sure. Also, another weird thing is he got attached to this one girl. You mean this is telling me this is the first piece of ass he's gotten on a mission? Like yeah. If he's a cooler going bar to bar, he know he must have been crushing some girls. So oh, yeah. he sleeps with this one chick and all of a sudden he wants to clean up the whole town. Does he stay <laughs> Does he stay in this town or he's still a cooler? Is he retiring the, the cooler of the double deuce or is he on to the next mission? Like, Rough. what What the? What? Yeah. Can't answer that one. Yeah, um, like, and then the last, the last little thing that I took note of in this movie, the very ending when they are well, obvious not not the uh, big whole conclusion to the storyline, but the ending where they are skinny dipping. Did anybody else notice something interesting about that scene? I saw what looks to be, and I paused it. It's sort of in the background. I believe the blind singer is there with them, sitting playing guitar up on the up on the uh, grassy area. Oh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to fast forward. Right <laughs> Did you imagine that? I am pretty sure they brought him along, and I mean, hey, if they're skinny dipping, you can't see it. him anyway, so he's not gonna know the difference. Oh, that's but a good point, right? I kind of caught that. I had to pause, and I was like, "Wait a second. Oh, yep, he's there. there is somebody he in the background. He Wait, is. He he is singing Indian style <laughs> in the background while she's running in. One hundred percent. He's. There. I pause it. It is that directly. Fans that are listening at home. With four minutes and 18 seconds left in the movie, you can see the singer in the grass as they're butt naked in the water. <laughs> Just a, a fun little thing to pick up, and I don't know why. And again, to Kevin's point that he brought up, maybe there was some scenes that were cut in between the two because it just didn't fit. It And... For whatever reason, the guitarist yeah. of the band is just sitting, hanging out with them, enjoying a nice little day, that might have, not knowing not, what's going on in the lake. That might have not even been the end of the movie. It could have been in the middle when they were getting together and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. It, they could have yeah. chopped it up. That could have, yeah. Could have done whatever. I've got a question. Scene, going scenes back, the guy that owns like the automotive, is his name Red? Or the no, guy that no. like, what's Red his name? O- yeah, no, Red, the guy that owns like Doc, the, the Doc Clayton's uncle, right? Anyone notice the photo of like when Patrick Swayze looks over and just sees like this super like model like picture of his like niece just plastered in the <laughs> it's like this black and white like Sports Illustrated swimsuit photo of his niece just hanging out and mm-hmm. like I just thought that was a little weird because you know that's not if that's not a picture I want of my niece like I thought it would yeah. be. Like, something a little more homely and it's this black and white, like super awesome photo of weird. Like I just thought it was weird. <laughs> some things don't, uh, some things don't uh, age well in this movie. He's the, creep, the creepy uncle. But what's any other comments about this movie before we get into the categories? Or are we ready to jump right into our stop it segment where we point out the good, the bad and the ugly? I think we're ready to go. All right, yeah. well, let's rock and roll. So stop it. Good, bad, and ugly. What is the one scene that made you rewatch it for the good? What is one scene that made it made you stop it for the bad? And what is just ugly? What did not age well? What aged like fine milk and doesn't hold up to today's standards? So we'll just kind of go around the horn on our good scene. So, Sil, you're at the top. What is your first good stop it scene? 
I would say my first good stop scene. I uh, and I did not. En- I did not get this the first time I saw the movie. So when I rewatched it, I got to enjoy Dalton's character more. And it's uh, it's when when he takes a job and he goes to Jasper, whatever town, and he goes to the bar. He knows what kind of mess he's got to fix. And then he's talking to everybody like how things are going to change, whatever. And then the next scene is like him at the dealership. You're like, what? The, like you don't know? I don't. I, I don't get. I didn't. I didn't get that. No, but this man is so badass that he knows what's going to happen. He goes to a dealership, buys a trashy ass car. Oh yeah, does the light work? That's all I care about. I don't care about anything else but just the lights. And then, yeah. And then he goes to the tire place, buys a bunch of tires, packs them up in the trunk. Yeah. You know why, right? You don't get it. no, yeah. Then it makes sense. This guy's gonna shake yeah. shit up, stir the pot. Oh yeah, and that then, totally, I totally get that now because I was yeah, wondering the same thing. I was like, that oh, is, because his tires always get fucking slashed. Right. That's even funnier. He wasn't worried about the headlights working. He was more worried about the cup. Those the yeah, covers the cover. that came down over him. Because he knew that they couldn't smash the lights out if the covers were. Oh, there we go. We're down. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that was that. So the whole movie, there's a lot of setting up Dalton to be a badass, right? Like for literally the first 45 minutes, probably the whole movie, but just I setting him up. Yeah, right. And all this like little details, but that that that's pretty bad. He's like, I know what kind of shit I'm gonna watch, and that as soon as he's done with his first shift, tire slash <laughs> the next shift. Yeah, stop sign through the window. <laughs> I mean, the movie ends without his Mercedes, right? Being all trash, right? So it's like that he knows what's at stake, I guess. And I, I think that watching it the second time sets up the movie very well. As in, like this guy knows what he's doing; he's here to fix it. So he's been here before. That yeah. also makes uh, that also makes sense when you talk about that stuff. In the beginning of the movie, he gives his the car to the old black guy. To the bum yep. on the side of the street, he gives his old car to that guy because he's gonna go get an old car at the new bar. What do yep. I look like? A chauffeur or a, yeah. or a valet? I look like a valet? <laughs> Keep it at yours. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, what was the one good scene for you? I mean, there's a lot of small scenes that are good, but I think to set the whole stage for the movie, like I said, that opening scene where it's like they're trying to portray the the, the double deuce as here's a typical night. And there's literally just chaos going on. I mean, the huge fight, the the band behind the cage. I think there's a dude, there's some dude shirtless dancing in front of the stage. Yeah. Yes. Yep. It's I think it's that's the that's the scene only because that encapsulates the chaos. here's what you're in for. Sit down. See you. This is what you're gonna see for the next hour. Buckle up. It's gonna be a bumpy ride. Diaz, what's your good your good stop at scene? Oh, the first fight at the Double Deuce. Um, when the when, no, no, the first time we see Dalton fight, like you said, the the bar scene where the bartender wants his job back and takes out the Rambo knife. <laughs> I was all in right there. Yeah. When he took out the Rambo knife, was like, let's go. And they have that big <laughs> fight scene for no reason. All Dalton says is, "Don't fight in the bar," and that's all they did that fight. <laughs> <laughs> and not well, only well, that, exactly. All the bartenders were fighting too. Like they was like, "Is it going down, boss? It's going down." That's that whole fight. Right when they cleaned up the bar, they destroyed it themselves. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Jimmy, what's your one good stop at scene? I like the uh, fight with Jimmy and Dalton. Like the the fight leading where he up to the, vault under the stage. 
Yeah, where you no, no, no. The okay, the second fight when the when he rips <laughs> out the jugular when he wants to fuck him like he did. Oh, in oh, oh yeah. inside the house. I thought yeah. I thought that was a good fight scene. I thought he was like gonna be the close like before the final boss. I think they should have saved that fight for you know, and just he could have killed one of the other lesser goons first uh, to send kind of a message, and then that would have been a really good final showdown before Wesley. Um, but I liked it. I liked that. I thought they were. It was pretty intense, especially. <laughs> that was a good scene too, and I, I yeah. believe I saw somewhere that during one of the takes, the actor that played Jimmy picked up a log, and I think he thought it was a prop, and he he smashed Swayze with it, and that was yeah. what injured him on set. But it was a real log. <laughs> thought it was a movie prop. My one good scene, I had I had two. I think one of you mentioned it, where it was Dalton's first kind of showing of his cooling ability where they had, I believe it was the girl that was dancing up on the bar top. And, you know, he nods to the guy like, hey, go get her. You know, the guy pulls out, you know, pulls out the knife. And that's when you see Dalton's like rules pan out. You know, he diffuses the situation. The girl comes down. She's impressed. The guy's kicked out of the bar by the two bar, you know, the other security. And they're like, okay, I I get it. That that makes sense. He he knows what he does. After he face plants the guy into the table. Yeah, yeah, he just comes out, you know, he pulls the knife, he comes from behind quickly, you know, one, two, bang, bang, head on the table, knife's dropped, get him out of here. You know, like, just his, it shows the staff, like, this guy knows what's up. He's here for a reason. You know, everything, everything before this was just words. Now we see it in action. It's like, okay, this, this makes sense. Uh, Let's get into the bad. There's a handful of... (laughs) <laughs> I'll just pass yeah. on. So, Sil, what's your what's your one bad? Because we, yeah. I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about different stuff here. Yeah, we talk about like a, an excessive amount of glass breaking in the whole movie for no reason. You know, <laughs> exploding. Uh, uh, you're right. An old, what a 67 year old taking four shotguns to the chest before taking a final blow that lands him on top of the uh, the shattering table like a champ. Well, one thing that was a letdown for me was you know when. This, first of all, I didn't know if you want to get in a fist fight, you got to wear a button down and jeans, uh, which, whatever. But when they show up and Dalton points out at the boot with the blade, right? Like, hey, the boot, watch it, right? I'm like, oh, this is, this <laughs> is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, and, and I get it, right? But, but, but you know, when they like introduce, you know, they, they, in the movies, they'll introduce like some sort of, powerful weapon whatever that you're about to fight and the good guy has to like figure it out okay like i don't know if this was part of maybe the cuts but on the first swing the boot gets dismantled you don't see the blade anymore they don't have to they don't refer to it anymore like i was i was like looking forward for that blade to like i don't know to poke oh, i think he cut somebody, cut somebody. He, he, when cut he drags somebody. him outside he pulls the boot off i think and like, he throws it on the he roof throws or it throws like it uncle rico from napoleon dynamite launches it that was it like literally sorry Josh neutralized. we're closed completely <laughs> all these people neutralized drinking and having a good time just you're stupid. too stupid to have a good time yeah uh kevin what's your one bad scene that stands out that you had to rewind and rewatch it's a it's a small scene but it was cringeworthy it's when dalton opens the door and steve's in there banging the lady in the closet and he's like steve, <laughs> i'm on my break he's like you're done but i'm on my break but the worst part was is when Stay dalton rings the door open he grabbed he reaches down 
And he pulls up this disgusting like man diaper. It's like the opposite <laughs> of tidy whities. They weren't tidy whities. They were like loose baggy diaper whities. And I'm like, what the hell is he wearing? <laughs> Yo, Steve. Your history. But I'm on my break. Stay on it. I'm like, go back and watch that scene. Yeah, you're and right. You're right. And say, what, you, is that, what is that contraption he's pulling up? They're like, <laughs> it's like if they're tidy whities, he got like three sizes too big. Because he's, it's just he's completely naked, and the girl just kind of has her shirt pulled down. <laughs> and just then like, she's like, you're done. But I'm on my break. And then they show her, and she's like, Kevin, you said you mentioned uh, the doctor scene. So I read a fact, a fun fact about. Uh, so the actress, the funny thing oh. is, like she put herself through learning how to stitch, and then at the end of like, on set, they were like, "Nah, just use a stapler." <laughs> <laughs> All so for nothing. That, and in that scene, like she's looking through his medical records. Oh, you know, you bring your old medical records, and then she's working, she's stapling them, and she's like, "Oh, your file says you have a degree from NYU." Why is a medical file have his education in there? <laughs> you're right. It's like, Just oh, in case anybody type. needs you're, it. Oh, I see you're allergic to it. Oh, it says here that you have a degree, a PhD in philosophy from NYU. Uh, your sixth birthday, you didn't get the Nerf gun you wanted. That's, that's yeah, probably right. the root of your problems. Oh, that's classic. Oh, God. Diaz, what's your one bad scene? The pickup truck, the monster truck going through the car dealership. <laughs> <laughs> He spent a lot of money on that show. So much money. I can't even even fully say it without laughing. He's sitting there and they called on to warn him. Hey, he's going to mess up the dealership. He's at the dealership, right? You have to to back up to the beginning of the movie. And you're you're picking up these things that are bizarre and like kind of comical. At the very beginning, like when they pull up in this giant monster truck, like it's a movie about bouncers in a bar. There's a monster truck? <laughs> no reason. Why? So they don't call the cops. They call Dalton, the, the bouncer from the bar. And is this the only bar in town? They don't. We don't get into that. I'm not even – there's so much bad. But he goes to the dealership, and they wait till Dalton gets there to start driving yeah. over <laughs> all the cars. Well, they already blew up two buildings, so they couldn't do yeah. – they couldn't repeat I, that awe factor of blowing something up. So they said – little filming error if you watch the scene closely at there's one point where you can see and there's no roof on the building it's wide open on the yeah, top. it is yes yes yeah jimmy what is your one bad scene to stop it oh god uh i would say any scene where sam elliott's in just nothing ages <laughs> well just showing his pubes <laughs> I ain't gonna show you my dick. Like just every scene he's in is brutal. Uh it just I just literally got to the scene where he showed us the scar and there's just this bush just pops out, just explodes out of his like, like scary movie. <laughs> you know, in a restaurant. In a restaurant. And then food. and then the dancing scene. He's like slow dancing with Dr. Clayton while he's trying to secretly seduce her in front of <laughs> in front of uh Dalton. And, what is uh, that about? What is all that about? Yeah, how he's got his ne- his hand around her neck, and I thought he was going to bring her in for a kiss, and he like ends up dipping her. But oh god, he is brutal. So for mine, I have I have two little bad scenes that we can. I think one of you we mentioned previously, but the whole strip tease by Wesley's pet on the bar. Like we want to talk about trimming fat from this movie. Why do we need an eight minute strip? <laughs> Not even tease because it's not a tease because she gets 
completely topless in the front of the entire bar completely unnecessary right we that could have you could have gone right into jimmy's fight scene we I, didn't we know, for that. I didn't know what her relationship was i thought at first she was jimmy's girlfriend she was a pet and then she was yeah no i think like she's technically yeah. uh she's wesley's she was like all beat up and bruised at yeah. wesley's house previously so right, i don't right. know i feel like there was a missed scene there and then how about just the ending where they all blatantly just get away with murder Look, I, I, I didn't, didn't see, see nothing. <laughs> you see nothing. I didn't see nothing. Tinker, did you see anything? It took oh, enough bear time fell on me. Yeah. that they each got a shot. Like the first shot. Oh, he. Oh, it was Red who shot him. And then nope, he's still up. Oh, Pete gets a shot. Boom. And then he gets. A, everybody gets a shot. You get a shot. You get a shot. You get it a was shot. Just, At that point, oh, like, how do man. we end? How do we end the movie? Whatever, dude. It's been five hours. Just, just just wrap it up. Nobody's arrested. Yeah, it's fine. No. Yeah. You guys noticed that Wesley has. I was attacked by a polar bear. Well, that was something. All right, let's get into the ugly. What age like fine milk? What's the scenes that stand out to us? So, <laughs> Syl, we'll start with you again. Uh, I mean, I mentioned them all, I guess. There's nothing. The polar bear stupid. Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that scene, that's, that's <laughs> that right there. That, <laughs> I mean, okay, when you can see me live, you can see me right. online. Syl, your face right there. Everyone look at Syl. That whole reaction he just had. That's the point of the stop it. That's that's, that's what stop it is. So we go. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. oh man. I, I, I yeah. I, polar bear I, takes it. I think pretty pretty good. Polar bear uh, is there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, what's your one ugly scene? You got to lose monster trucks, man. There's no need. The monster <laughs> truck thing. <laughs> I was waiting forever for that. Monster fit. truck. I don't know why it's there. Monster trucks are a dead thing. I was wondering when that would come into play. Because I was just it's like, yeah, so no, it's just a car car there for a reason. Just right? destroys a local car dealership. Uh, Diaz, what's your ugly? Now, my ugly is is kind of going to piggyback off one of your bads. Like the whole day, all get away. They all get away with murder at the end. <laughs> Not only do they get away with killing Wesley. There's nothing but bodies all over his house, his lawn. There's dead bodies everywhere. So you mean to tell me on the way into the house, the cops didn't see any dead bodies, the car on the fire outside, the henchmen that are missing? (laughs) I forgot about the car that he just drove up that got lit up and blew up. You know how hard hard it is to stuck a pedal with a knife? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and the knife is invert to knife. drive straight to the location. <laughs> so it's the knife that's used, like when the the note that says it was tails. Yeah, and it's the, the, the murder has, weapon. The knife has a quarter. The end of the handle is a quarter, and it's tails. Yeah, Ooh. the uh, the murder weapon that Dalton took from the other crime scene that he yes. left, where he left all his DNA and his dead body, and just moved the body around, took the knife out, left the town like you know it was nothing. Yeah, that knife, the murder speaking, weapon. Speaking of Eddie, the bartender, where the hell was he? When, yeah, when, at that one. Yeah, Garrett was, Sam, was the only character there, I guess. Uh, Jimmy, what's your ugly scene? Oh God, Brad Wesley just watching across his pond, uh, and Dalton and Doctor Clayton having sex on the roof, and he's just in his <laughs> rocking chair, and he's in his rocking chair, rocking back and forth, just watching them have sex from like eight hundred yards, like three hundred yards out, like. <laughs> And, and and that was something we didn't really mention, but previously in the movie, it was revealed that they sort of had a fling or maybe it was a one-sided thing, yeah, but he was Wesley with her, I was, guess. had an interest in her and she left town and he freaked out. So he's just, he finally gets to see what it was all about. He gets to watch her in action, I guess. 
just like our first episode with the peeping Tom George, and Back to the Future. George McFly in the trees. Yeah. It's, it's him and George McFly watching the two, watching the two just bang on the top of a barn. Oh. Ugly scene. The twenty dollars to touch him guy, the the guy that's pimping out his wife. Bruh. Ten dollars of ten dollars of boob to kiss him. He's like, aren't you gonna kiss him? No. Well, where's the twenty bucks? I ain't got 20 bucks. He just keeps squeezing up. For a second, <laughs> I thought that was Joaquin Phoenix. He looks just like them. I was like, is this is oh, a Joker? No. Squeezing. Oh. Now, that's odd. That's yeah, a that good scene one, doesn't. No, that don't hold up well. That's a good that one. one does not hold up well. Uh, running solo. Let's get into this category. Which? What's the one thing that won this movie for you? Was it the acting? Was it the directing? The script? Was it something else? What What made this movie for you, uh, Jimmy? Let's go with you. We'll work backwards this time around. So, like a lot of these, like Joe Silver movies, a lot of the the characters seem to have mostly a military background you go back to or, or a law enforcement background you go to like lethal weapon and they're all, you know, the antagonists are, are vets from the Vietnam war. You got, uh, you know, Murtaugh and Riggs are Vietnam vets. You got, you know, John McClane, who's a local police officer, you know, you got the special for ex special forces guys from predator, you know, they're mercenaries. And then you got Patrick Swayze, who I thought before seeing this was going to have the similar background, but he's a major at NYU or a philosophy major at NYU. And we have no idea where his martial arts background comes from. We don't know really anything about him. And that was my favorite. It was just a total left turn from what we're usually, you know, as far as these guys with their backgrounds, you know, he's just an NYU student. (laughs) <laughs> uh, philosophy. Yeah. Diaz, what won this one what won this movie for you? The lack of serious <laughs> acting won this movie for me. This is such a well garbagely written movie. That's the best way to say it. They didn't try too hard with this, and they still knocked it out the park with the excellent, excellent writing of this movie. Like yeah. Jimmy said, there's so much non-answered questions. If Wade Garrett showed Dalt on everything. Is he the sensei? Is he the karate master? Or he's is the Miyagi? Yeah, like is he? We like did he? If he did, who? Like I, I can't even say the sentence because I don't understand what's going on. And that's uh, <laughs> what made it for me was the whole what? Who? Yeah. Huh? The Why question, is this all happening? Yes, the whole confusion through the whole movie had me wanting more answers. So it it, it got me. Just the yeah. whole not answering. And uh, I'm watching the scene right now where he's doing yoga or Tai Chi in the woods for no reason. Yeah. His apartment's big enough for this himself. So I don't know what he's outside. I don't know. I don't get it. Kevin, what is the winning factor in the running solo for you? Just the pure amount of ridiculous brawling. <laughs> It broke up the, uh, the storyline, which was a, non-existent. A couple, a couple staples. <clears throat> other than that, these guys are in all-out brawls every <laughs> all day. <the> time. <laughs> and, every and they day. come to work, they look fine. Like, they look <laughs> fine. No black eyes. What's your job? No, I just fight No missing people. teeth. No, no nothing. They're like, yeah, we just all-out brawl every night. <laughs> and here we are. Just another day. Yeah. 
Like the double deuce has the best health insurance for its employees <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> what you the doc is uh, she's she's rolling in the dough because she's got an oh, endless she's, supply well, she of, that, right? of. She's people. like, oh, the double deuce. Oh, they send us a lot of business. Sil, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what yeah. won this movie for you? I think, I think I go back to what I was talking about earlier. I think they they um, when I watched it the second time, I enjoyed Dalton's story more than maybe the first time. If you take away the silliness and you take away the unnecessary maybe cuts, <laughs> you get you get a solid story about a guy like you know the fixes problems that gets hired to like you know just come and fix this and he has his principles and he teaches everybody and like that, that that's kind of cool i can get behind that uh, of course and then that then it gets a little crazy but um i enjoy that and I, now i can relate to that movie and those principles that dalton had yeah for me i'm kind of in the same lines as diaz and kevin i just referred to it as the overall campiness of this movie that's I love those campy slashers of the 80s and the 90s. And and I think that this campiness of whether it's acting, ridiculous action sequences, you know, nonsensical sub storylines like the monster truck and the, the dumb polar bear scene that doesn't need to be there. Just that's what has created this cult following is just how ridiculously fun this is. This is a movie that you're in college and you put on with the boys. You know, you're just sitting around drinking a 12 or a 30 rack and just watching roadhouse and that just that's what won it for me this is just a fun movie i don't think there's a lot of amazing you know theatrical attributes that it contributes to the film as a whole but it's just a fun fun movie this is an interesting one because we usually do the category of montage madness what should we add to this music action sequence sex scene slow motion sweat or a makeover this movie pretty much has all of these. Yeah, this, nothing. That's what I was going to say. It hit the cycle. We get the music bar scenes. There's a handful of sex scenes. There's slow motion sweat while he's fighting and doing Tai Chi. And the makeover I refer to as the bar being made over. Over time, this bar gets a makeover. So we really hit the cycle. So I think we need to add, add something to this category of maybe a car chase. But we sort of had that with the monster yeah, truck as monster well. They, they don't really chase anybody, but you know that's another trope in this '80s '90s era. But I mean, did anybody have any of those that they would add an, an additional one to this movie and put it over 220? <laughs> no, 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 nothing, nothing. Because I think this thing hit it hit all of them. No, it already we had it. More. We needed one of those. We needed one of those classic. You know, when the main character is conflicted and he has to drive off in the night, and they're playing like one of those like. 80 songs yeah. like now he's got he's got a where where dalton has to now stand up dig he has to dig deep he has to dig yeah deep. exactly like yeah. a little like hearts on fire or something you know we didn't get <laughs> enough of that we didn't get any we of that. Have, you know what we, we saw about when you're talking about movies like that where did like let's let's stack this up against other horrible 80s action movies this has like you said it has everything nick it has your 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 sex scenes, your montages, your villains, your over-the-top campiness. Like, yeah, this is, I mean, this is up there because when you're comparing, it, it's just such a weird action movie, right? Because it's not that, you know, Arnold Predator. It's not the, you know, the Lethal Weapon or the Aliens. It's not First Blood Rambo. It's, you know, those are like excessive action violence, you know, guns blazing, little nods to sci-fi. And this is like a very 
a very grounded 80s action movie where yeah. it is just a simple town. Like like Jimmy said, he all the other action heroes at that time, there's a, there's a backstory on Seagal being in the CIA. Glover and Mel Gibson are, are ex-soldiers that are in, that are cops now. Dalton's a like an NYU uh, professor or philosophy major with a bouncer sidekick. Yeah. So, yeah. Who can like, fight, I wonder if like, that's how he got into it. Was like was he paying for school? Like how did he go from philosophy to becoming the cooler? I mean, and they put his philosophy degree. I mean, that's how he probably came up with the 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 three step plan of cleaning up any situation. Plan, the plan of life. <laughs> so, so uh, but do writes motivational books now. Yeah, <laughs> I do like the whole. I like I love the whole stack it up thing too, and that's that'll be a new category for us moving forward, DS, because that's an awesome thing to just kind of compare stuff. So, like, okay. I mean, with the action movies, it's for me, it's it's. It's weird because, it, like I said, it's it's almost it feels like two different genres, right? Where it's like <laughs> it does. you have those predators and aliens, where it's these giant, robust men just covered in oil, the Schwarzeneggers and stuff like that, the Balboas, and then you have Dalton. Okay, here's kind of scrawny. Here's the thing: if it you be if a lot of people a lot of people don't understand Rocky. When it came to Rocky, he had a horrible horrible win-loss record is Dalton beating Rocky in a bar fight. Yeah, that's a good, so stack it. Yeah, we'll stack up where the character of Dalton. Is he, you know, can he compete with the Rocky Balboas? Can he compete with, you know, the Daniel Sons or the Johnny Lawrences of the 80s? Well, wasn't Rocky IV, like, you know, him growing up in uh, Philadelphia, wasn't he like a, he's a street fighter. In five, he fight he fights on his five. Okay, five. Sorry, five. And he he goes back to his like street fighting days as a kid. So I don't know. I think uh, it's 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 Balboa in that. Yeah, is that my rings outside moment? (laughs) That's that's a great line in the movie. I didn't hear no bell. My rings outside. (laughs) No, I I I I have to give that one to Balboa. So so Rocky's kicking Dalton's ass. If Dalton cannot kick Tinker's ass. Yes, that I'm going. Yeah. I'm going. I mean, Dalton for, did have a lot of trouble with these guys. I mean, he got beat up quite a bit by. I mean, to the mo- for the most part, other than Jimmy, average schmoes. He got beat up quite a bit. You know. Okay. I, well, other than I Jimmy do think- and Dalton, the kind of the whole cast of characters as bouncers weren't like the. Maybe it was intentional, but they got you know you got Dalton and you got Jimmy. These two guys fit. They looked the part. Then the rest of them are like either just average guys or yeah, exactly. They, 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 they guys. Like, yeah. like you yeah. said, guys that just work every day and just get yeah. Dalton, Dalton has Dalton had his hands full quite a few times. Dude, all with, these guys, you know, other than like, Jimmy, all these guys look like they work their nine to five and they're like, oh, six o'clock, we got to go get a fight. Like he's fucking we go get bun down, <laughs> bun down, tucked in shirts. Like no, honey, I'm gonna be late. I'm gonna just see what how much. It's true. They all break. look. They look. They looked professional. They all had like button ups and blazers. And- it's all right. So we'll go around the horn real quick. Let's let's stack it up. Jimmy, who wins in a fight, Balboa or Dalton? Rocky. Yeah, Diaz. Class boxer. Yeah. Yeah, Dalton or or Rocky. Oh, I'm gonna have to. As, as much as I like Dalton and the overness, Balboa. Actually, no. I'm gonna take Dalton. Balboa can box. He gets hit in the head with punches. A kick will knock Rocky out. He's, he Go gets for the knees on the bigger blows. guy. Yeah, too many head blows, man. A, a foot to the face will take Rocky out. 
Sill, Rocky or Dalton? Rocky. Kevin, who are you thinking? Who are you taking in this fight? Rocky's got the heart, but if you look at technique, I think Dalton would pull it off. I I think Dalton as well, just because the whole like mixed martial arts versus boxing, he can kind of do, he might not be as good at the boxing, but he can do the kicks and everything like that. Whereas Balboa, he might be able to take him in punches, but anything other than that, Dalton sort of sort of has him. So then yeah, let's, I- let's put him... Well, yep. it goes back to Rocky Five, though, because where he doesn't have to play within the when he gets in the street fight with Tommy, he's he does he's now you know is he landing roundhouses though? That's what I'm saying. The yeah, kicks, but, no, but like he doesn't he's not confined to the rules of boxing at that point, so anything can yeah. go. So I would go. So then let let's use anybody from non-boxing then. So let's let's look at Karate Kid then. So I'll start with Jimmy. Do you take Dalton or anybody from Karate Kid, whether it's Daniel's son, Johnny Lawrence, or Miyagi? Oh, boy. Who's the, the sensei of uh, Ko, uh, the Cobra Kai dojo? I forgot his name. The bad guy. Uh, Johnny no. Lawrence. Oh, Sweep wow. the leg. Sweep the no, leg. The, oh, Terry Silver? No, Terry Silver Terry and, uh, and uh, John. John. Shit. What's, his name is also John. Anybody from the Karate Kid. Is any of those guys beating Dalton? I, I would take Lawrence. I'm going with Mr. Miyagi. Oh, <laughs> that's, a scene, that's a scene you'd love to see. We don't know Dalton. the extent of Dalton's <laughs> martial arts background. I mean, clearly it looks like he has some in this movie, but you'd have to take the the ones with the actual belts. I'd probably go, I'll go Ralph Macchio, you know? Daniel mm-hmm. Daniel Sun. Wax on, yeah. wax off. Still anyone from Karate Kid taking Dalton? Who are you going to say? Jaden Smith? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, Jackie Chan is Mr. Miyagi. Jackie. So, yeah. yeah. In, in the newer remakes, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, let's ca- let's let's step into the time machine a little bit, shall we? Let's fire this thing up and let's get into our time machine time. We're going to cast forward. Now, it's interesting because this is the first time we're going to do this where we are getting a, a, a reboot sort. So, there is sort of a, a cast out there. But let's quickly just go around the table and recast this movie with present day actors, directors. So I'll give you the, the character and the director and we'll kind of go from there. So the director, the one that I picked for this movie, I picked Chad Stahelski, the director of the John Wick series, obviously can knock action sequences out of the park, but that was my pick for this movie. So Kevin, who are you, who would you have direct this movie today? Yeah, I think um, I'm trying to think of the name of the director, but the people that directed the matrix, only because there's some really like the Wachowski sisters, like the the fight scenes in the Matrix, which would bring it into like the next level of more of an action movie. Mm-hmm. They would probably take these corny, not corny, but these slightly comical, over the top fight scenes and add some realistic. Not well, I guess the Matrix, <laughs> the Matrix <laughs> fights are not realistic, but I guess I, they'd up the game. I think you know. Yeah, uh, Sill, who's directing Roadhouse today for you? I don't know, but it has Jason Statham in it. <laughs> he's he's in there. All right. Uh, Diaz, who's directing this for you today? Dude, because this was set in one place, a shitty-ass town in Jasper, Missouri, give me George Miller. Give me Mad Max, baby. Give me mm. Western Desert Destruction. Give me Roadhouse at the last apocalyptic bar. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one karate guy. Yes, I want George Miller. Yep. All right, Jimmy, who's directing this? 
The sad thing is, I feel like this movie does take itself serious. But if you went like the action comedic route, what about like Brett Ratner, who directed like the Rush Hour series? Oh, you know, that's a good little spin on it. All right. So let's recast some of these characters then. So Dalton, I picked him as Dacre Montgomery, also known as Billy from Stranger Things. I think he's got that perfect little look. Maybe it's because he already had the 80s hair and Stranger Things, but he also was the red, I believe the Red Ranger and the Power Rangers remake a few a few years back or a handful of years back at this point. But I, gotcha. I'd put Dacre Montgomery in that Dalton role. Kevin, who did you put as Dalton? Clint Eastwood's son, Scott Eastwood. From the from Tokyo Drift. <laughs> he was in wasn't he in one of the he was in one He's in a couple. Texas Chainsaws. I forget what else, but I remember him from the Fast and the Furious series. Sill, who do you have as Dalton? I got John Berthal. Is that his name? The Punisher? Who is it? The guy oh, that... Oh, Berthal John Berthal? John Berthal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, all right. Shane, baby. Yeah. Yeah. He's Shane. He will always be dead, Shane. Yep. He's Shane yep. forever. <laughs> Shane. Yes, who do you got as Dalton? Oh, dude, Don Mark Wahlberg, baby. This is going to be placed in Boston, baby. We doing this in Dorchester, Massachusetts. This is going to be an Irish-themed roadhouse in a pub in Boston. Hey, I'm a fucking cooler, kid. <laughs> get the fuck uh, out the bar. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. I, was, I played football at Brockton High. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jimmy, who's Dalton in your, in your cast forward? So I thought, you know, just looking at it, and just recently watching the Iron Claw, I thought it was I would choose Zach Efron, but I I want to piggyback off a of sill and use another Punisher. Even today, Tom Jane, Thomas Jane, he's kind of <laughs> built okay. like he's kind of built like uh, you know he's on the little smaller side of, but he has a uh, you know that quiet professional demeanor. Uh, so I would go yeah. with Tom Jane. All right, let's recast Doc. I picked Annie Murphy, played Alexis in Schitt's Creek. She's got that just like a little bit of extra quirkiness, but she can kind of fill that, you know, girl next door, blonde, doctory kind of role. So, Kevin, who would you put as Doc? Anya Taylor-Joy, the one from oh. Queen's Gambit. Queen's one Gambit. of Jimmy's favorites. What? Was she, oh, Last Night in Soho? Yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She was great in that. Uh, Sill, who is your Doc? I think Jessica Alba would be good, Doc. If she comes okay. back, I think she looks just like her. Mm-hmm. She does. She fits that role. Uh, Diaz, who's your doc? My doc. Listen, you, you need a star for this movie. If we're doing a remake and you star her in a bigger role, give her a fight scene or two. <laughs> the girl that plays Harley Quinn, Margaret Robbie. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's put up her in, there. Put her in a doctor's outfit. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh, please. Uh, Jimmy, who do you got as doc? I'm going to stick with Tom Jane being my uh, Dalton. I'm going to go with someone around close to his age, and I would go probably Julie Bowen from Modern Family. Oh, yep. Okay. Talked about her last week as well because the whole reference of – I forgot she was in Happy Gilmore. I was re-watching that the other night. Uh, Wade Garrett, the old rough and tough ex-cooler, not not still there currently. Sam Elliott. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Hugh Jackman. And he's got that older appearance. He's still absolutely shredded for Wolverine. Uh, but I got Hugh Jackman in that role. So, Kevin, who's your Wade Garrett? Well, since I went with like second generation with the uh, Eastwood, I'm going with Wyatt Russell, 
Kurt Russell's son. Okay. We're all sticking in the Marvel universe for right now, I guess, huh? <laughs> Still, who do you got for Wade Garrett? Now, this is where uh, Jason Statham comes in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Got that older appearance. Uh, Diaz, Wade I'm, Garrett. I'm going Boston, baby. Uh, although I'm yankied out, it's kind of funny. Going Boston. Our Wade Garrett's a bigger, stronger than Dalton. John Cena, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Give me Cena. Give me you can't Cena. see me. You can't see me in the bar, buddy. You can't see me. Every in time Southie. you kick somebody out, your time is up. My time is now. Yeah, in Southie, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Jimmy, who's your Wade Garrett? Tom Hardy. Okay. Ooh, All right. I like that. I was like, thinking of him for Dalton at one point, but I Tom Hardy I like that. Just because he's a loose cannon, like Alfie from Peaky Blinders. You know, he's just I would yeah. I'll use Tom Hardy. I like that. All right, and let's round it out because we can't have this movie without the big bad. Brad Wesley. Uh, You see this guy get fan cast as every villain, and it's for a reason. Giancarlo Esposito. You can't get a better modern-day bad guy than him. Kevin, who do you have as your your main villain, the foe, Brad Wesley? John Hamm from Mad Men. Mm, That's, yep. That'll work. Sil, who do you got? I got Kurt Russell. Oh, okay. Kurt Russell. A couple Russells on, on this cast from us. Yeah, so maybe well, be a family deal. Ego. Yep. Yeah. Diaz, who's your Boston bad? I don't he's not from Boston. But if you're <laughs> gonna have you gotta have some martial artist in this movie to give John Cena a run, to give Mark Wahlberg a run, give me with a horrible Boston accent attempt. Give me John Claude Van Damme, baby. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> who's your Wesley to round out this oh, the cast this, forward portion? This guy's perfect. Uh, Neil McDonough, uh, the guy from Walking Tall, kind of owns the you know mm. the casinos and stuff. He's from Yellowstone, does the same thing, owns like casinos with his brother. Uh, he was also in Captain America. Remember the uh, uh, Steve rescues all like him and his you know all of them from like as of like, from that POW camp, <laughs> the Hydra oh, yep, camp yep. or whatever. Yeah. But he's always that sleazy businessman who kind of he kind of is the same character in Walking Tall. You know, he owns the what does he own? He owns the casino and he has the a casino. whole bunch of hired yep. goons and, you know, very reminiscent to this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Very. Yeah. A lot of similarities. All right. Well, let's do the time warp real quickly. Where are these characters today? I only did a few. Uh, for me, somehow Dalton is not in jail. And we mentioned the references to a another celebrity and i think that dalton was at the perfect time frame to make this his career where he is the john taffer now he has the reality show of him fixing up these rough and tough bars he's getting them back to life and you know he he did this through the you know he did the job boots on the ground in the 90s the 2000s and then once that mid to late 2000s hit he's on the tv networks as john taffer rescuing these bars but he didn't stay. He's not with Doc. She is still in town. She is still just doing her thing as a doctor, but they are not together. He lives on the road and he's up fixing these places. So, uh, Jimmy, time warp. You have any idea where these characters are today? Uh, unfortunately, Dalton passed away due to the infection that he succumbed to with the gunshot wound. <laughs> you know. Can only so, get stabbed so many times and go into murky water. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't last too long. So he's out. 
Dr. Clayton continued on with her practice and, you know, it was just a, a lovely summer fling. <laughs> she accelerated medical field in stab wounds by 20 years, just being based in Jasper, Missouri. Summer loving, drinking that deuces. <laughs> <laughs> Diaz, time warp. Any idea where these people are? Um, Doc's still in the town. Townies never leave. So um, I think she's still in the town. She's still practicing medicine. Dalton's, like you said, on the road. But I, I think he's also – he has a whole business. He's a franchise. He, he runs the coolers. That's what they're called. He he's, yeah. he literally recruits people to do exactly what he does. He teaches them like Wade Garrett taught him. He literally teaches people how to, co- uh, how to cool, I guess. Yeah. Sill, any idea where they're at? Yeah, I think I think Dalton's no longer with us. <laughs> I think he just yeah faced the gun. I don't know. He's dead. He's gone. You only have two options, and he finally chose the first one. Yeah. And you can only beat guys with guns in fights for so long. You're gonna lose that bet at one point or the other. But here, here's the funny thing: the guy that owns the double dues, he he move along or passed, or he's no longer in the picture. But someone took over the Double Deuce and is running things the right way. And renamed right. Roadhouse. And that was Tinker. 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 Tinker takes over the bar. Tinker takes over the bar and runs it like it should be. Uh, yeah, because now he's he's all straight and narrow after his near-death experience with the polar bear. That really that brought him to back to reality. It's called the igloo. Yeah, the igloo bar. Uh, Kevin, where are these people at today? Well, Dalton becomes the new Brad Wesley. Since these guys, everybody in town that runs the businesses now, they're all in debt to him. So now he doesn't have to really work. He's like, he has the the, the improvement society. Everybody pays him. So he kind of like just takes a skim of the whole town now. He cools uh, the town. He, cool, he cools the town. Whoa. And Tinker is his biff. He like washes the Mercedes, takes <laughs> care of like the house and does all of that. I just got to the polar bear scene. As the polar bear is tilting over, why is he shooting at it as if that would stop the polar bear from falling? It's the best. <laughs> I think he's dumb enough to think it was a live polar bear. The best scene. <laughs> Uh, well, we're still in the time machine. Let's do something real quick. Prequel, sequel, requel, remake, spinoff, or pass. What should be done with this movie today? And it's very interesting because, well, we got one of these right around the corner. So let's give our own opinions and then we'll we'll kind of touch on the the new Roadhouse trailer before we we put this thing back in the time machine. So of a, all of those options, what should be done with this movie? And and I kind of would have done sort of like what we've been doing with a lot of these 80s. You know, we've seen the success with Cobra Kai branching off of karate kid and it's that sort of requel it's that sequel that's years down the road that picks off somewhere in the storyline and i would sort of give it that creed vibe where it it follows maybe dalton's son which is funny because that's what the original sequel tried to do but i think enough time has passed now where if it was done correctly you could follow dalton's son maybe trying to find answers to who his dad was it brings him back to the double deuce and and then now that people realize you know, this was Dalton's kid. They kind of come after him and he has to sort of fend him off. And, you know, maybe you have some older characters that are still kicking around the town and they remember what Dalton had done for them. So they, they help with that onslaught of battle. So kind of, kind of something along those lines, but 
Sill, what would you do with this movie today, if anything? No, I, w- I wouldn't do much because they, they already tried. There is a Roadhouse sequel that I know uh, Diaz is probably going to talk about, and and they're going to try to remake it, right? And and you said we're gonna we're gonna talk about the trailer. It just uh, no, it just. I feel like I, I always have the same comment. Just leave it as is, because this is this was it, right? Like, you know, I don't want to watch more of this. Like this, was, yeah. this was enough. This <laughs> this can stay, and I can come back to it, and I can. That, laugh. that might be the best quote of this whole thing right now. <laughs> but I don't want any more of this. Anymore. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Kevin, what would you do with this movie? Prequel, sequel, requel, remake, spinoff, or leave it in the dust? Yeah, it's a, it's a pass. Leave it. I think even the, <laughs> the Roadhouse that they're, the Roadhouse that's being remade now, they should have take that. That story's different enough where they should have gave the movie a different title. They're just totally trying to like live off the juice of the original. Just make your own movie, whatever the story mm-hmm. is. Like, what's 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 the tie-in? It, yeah. I don't believe I don't it. They should remake it. Diaz, what would you do with this thing? I gave. I said I would. Like I said, if I would recast it myself, it would be like a Boston Bar type thing. But that's what I would do if I was just doing the original. That's what I would do. With, but I would remake it. I would do a sequel to this, but it would be not what you would think. It would be a, a bar type. You know, similar. It's Dalton's son trying to do what his dad did, live up to his dad's name, because everyone knows his dad. No one knows who the hell he is. He's living in his dad's shadow. But the big bad villain is Wade Garrett's son, who blames Dalton for his dad's death. Yeah, so the whole like movie, you, it's like a mystery. Who the hell has been fucking up Dalton's <laughs> kid's life? The person behind the scenes being a villain to Dalton's kid the whole time is Wade Garrett's son. Who, you know, yep. the whole fight scene at the end, you took everything from me. You know, throwback, yep. like that type of thing. Where <laughs> the bad guy is... Mother. Yeah, go eight. You know, like it, it'll be for today with that '80s feel to it, like a revenge plot mystery thing. I like it, Jimmy. What are you doing with this movie? Uh, I would requel it, make it into a series. You know, I think that's a huge thing right now. Kind of, uh, you know, getting another generation into these '80s classics. Look what you know. I was never a Karate Kid guy, and I, I personally love the Cobra Kai series. You know, it got me into the actual movies. I think they. You do the same thing. I think, you know, having Dalton, bring back you, the, even bring using back the, the sequels. Yeah, the like the the sequel that ended up not being greenlit, but like, you know, you, you take that story of Dalton's son or, you know, and go from there. Make it into a, you know, shocker, a Netflix series or something. Yeah, yeah. So we, we kind of hit upon it. The Roadhouse trailer. A couple things that I took of note. Uh, before seeing this. So now the, the the new Roadhouse movie is coming out on Amazon Prime next week, I believe it is. In this movie, Dalton's just an ex-UFC fighter and that's kind of his whole background. So they hire him as a bouncer, which I kind of get, but the whole point of Dalton was that he was sort of the business side as well. You know, he knew how to run a bar, like we mentioned. He did was he was doing inventory and staffing. I just don't know how it's going to have that same feel where it's like, he's just a UFC guy. He's not a a bar guy. You didn't really seek him out to fix your bar. You just, he's just some tough guy that can fend off people and fight. So I don't know how that's going to really work. So what did you guys think about that aspect? He he could be a bouncer, but he couldn't be a cooler. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. I just don't know how that's going to play out. 
Because that's the biggest part of Roadhouse is that he's just he actually fixes this bar. He's not just yeah, like, the meathead. What's, what's the network that he's in? If he's not yeah. a cooler, what's the network? The girl in this, when she's trying to persuade him to come down, she refers to her bar as a roadhouse, mm-hmm. which we mentioned at the beginning of this episode is nobody's calling it a roadhouse. You're calling it my bar in the keys. People don't do that. I don't I don't hear people refer to anything as a roadhouse besides a Texas of, roadhouse. Do we know yeah, what the, exactly. name of the bar is in this one? I didn't catch the name of the bar. I'll, but I'll, she she referred to it as a roadhouse. So I not, swear to I God, it better, the name it, of the better, bar. it better not be no damn playoff double deuce like Snake Eyes or some stupid Joker's Wild or no. Yeah. Leave it alone. It probably will. It, probably will. it probably will be. And the <laughs> I believe the the film debut of Conor McGregor. <laughs> Big. I don't know yeah. how that's gonna go. He he they they definitely hit the uh the eighties cheesy line where he comes in swinging saying something along the lines of uh you know everybody's doing smashing and then he starts smashing everything up in the bar. <laughs> but what did you guys we'll go around the horn real quick and just get your opinions on what this movie's you know legacy is gonna be. Sil, what do you think about this movie? Are you excited at all? Does this does this do what you would have wanted to do for a Roadhouse movie? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm definitely intrigued now that I'm that I know what it could be about. I mean, it's a I'm rewatching the trailer, and then you can see like it's got a different tone, a different uh, approach. I I I think the the buildup of a character that they did with Dalton is not going to be the same here. Here, it's more of a playful kind of like gig i just beat up people as a ufc fighter he probably got caught doing some dumb shit that's why he got kicked out now he's got to be a bouncer like i yeah i, I hope they don't they don't leave the ufc in a bad light because like it, I, I like i'm intrigued it'll, to probably, see. it'll yeah, probably like, be like peds or something yeah this man like i don't know how uh, something happened and then conor mcgregor i mean yeah, let's just see him smash some shit. I mean, if there's a movie where you want to see Conor McGregor go psycho, yeah, it's here. Or to, to Dia's idea, put him in a Mac Max movie and give him a car and just fucking go, rah, go nuts. <laughs> but that's that's kind of what I'm taking. I'm taking it very lightly. I, uh, it's, I'm not passionate about either movie. So I'm intrigued. I want to see what they come up with. Jimmy, what do you think about this? Did you, you watch this trailer too as well, I believe. I'm worried about Jake Gyllenhaal. And I'm not sure if he owes money or he's in a financial jam and he has to do like the Nicolas Cage thing where he has to take on a whole bunch of brutally terrible projects and just kind of slowly work away at that debt. He's, he's on the FC list trying to get his name off it. Like, yeah. Let's go like straight to streaming. So I've, clearly the studio didn't have faith in it. So... Well, that's a weird aspect about this is that this was originally with MGM. And then after they had made this movie or during the production, Amazon purchased MGM. And this was promised to be a theatrical release. And then Amazon was like, yeah, I know. Make a good movie. We'll see. And all the reviews supposedly have been good, but they're still not putting it out in theaters. They'd rather do The Beekeeper with Jason Statham in theaters. But they're, the director is very outspoken and pissed off that this movie is not in theaters because he believes in it. The test screenings are good. You know, it's got Jake Gyllenhaal. It's got Conor McGregor, which probably going to be a terrible actor. 
but that's a very big draw. If you put this in theater, the UFC people will be there in theaters to see this. Yeah, he has he has enough haters and fans that they would have went to see it. Uh, Yeah, they will. So interesting. Fail. Yeah, Diaz. What do you think about this trailer and this this style? Oh, this is gonna be garbage. Listen, when I say garbage, (laughs) I I wish we could get an audio clip of what what. This is gonna whiff. Yeah, this, uh, and Kevin, I want I want to save you for last because I know is, how much you adore this movie. So, what do you think about this this rendition? I'm not adverse to watching horrible movies, so <laughs> I'm in. I'll watch it, but I think they would have a better chance with me if they had done a clean slate and it was a story that they weren't trying to call Roadhouse. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to watch it without the constant. Back mm-hmm. in my mind, how does this compare to Roadhouse? How, what, how does this tie into the story? How are they remaking Roadhouse when it could have just been, oh, um, you know, give it a different name, like Key Bouncer or something, you know, and just yeah. had its own story, clean slate, take or it for what it's worth. Yeah, the, cool, the, oh, the, the, cool. the key, the cooler of the keys. And, yep. um, yeah, right there. Just, Perfect. Cooler of the keys. Just taking it at face value, but I'm going to have that constant nagging. They're trying to remake Roadhouse uh-huh. when they could have had their own thing. But yeah. again, I sat through a lot of terrible movies, so my ass will be in the seat. Another life of the yep. tiger. Cocktail right. two. Oh, geez. All right. Well, before tired, we do right? send this, <laughs> before we send this thing back, final thoughts. Does anybody have anything else about Roadhouse that we want to get out before we send this thing back in the time machine? Oh, my God. Roadhouse. I want to buy this. Great. And as a bonus, I'll throw in what dreams may come with Robin Williams. No, thank you. No charge. I do not want it. But it's free, sir. If that DVD even touches Roadhouse, I will kill you. I just saw the music supervisor was Jimmy Iovine, the guy who owns like Interscope Records, who's with, Hmm. you know, with uh, who's collaborated a lot with Eminem and Aftermath. Yeah, like a really famous like record producer is the music huh. supervisor for this movie. The music was dope though, Jimmy. You can't front. The music was great in this movie. It was a good, it was a very good soundtrack. And something I, I forgot that I didn't even notice, this is our second movie in a row that was adapted into a theatrical play that was successful. Roadhouse was a very successful play. So much like The Wedding Singer, I think the the play was received better than the movie was at the time of release. Would you would you would you guys recommend Someone that's about to watch the new Roadhouse to watch this first. I would say so. Just just to have that comparison, they're going to probably be two completely different movies. But if there's any sort of remake, I feel like you gotta at least see the first one just just for a comparison value. I think you'll probably get some more enjoyment out of it, you know, or or lack thereof enjoyment. You'll yeah. you'll maybe have more fondness of the source material and just be more pissed off. Yeah, but it's going to elicit that response either way. D, any final thoughts? Nah, man, for those that are going to chance this movie, I hope it's as bad as you want it to be because I will see it and I know it's going to be trash and I uh, can't wait. So, yeah. Sill, any final thoughts on Roadhouse? No, let's, um, let's keep it outside. <laughs> Number one Roadhouse supporter of the podcast, Kevin. Final thoughts on your, uh, your, your guilty pleasure movie? Just be nice and don't eat the big white mint. Do not eat the big white men. All right. Well, let's send this movie back to 1989 and begin our reprogramming of the popcorn time machine. We'll see you all next time with another blast from the past. And remember to be kind and rewind. We will see you next time.